2: Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you for listening. Fantastic show today. We get you ready for the NFL season, which is finally here with one of the Mount Rushmore NFL voices, Al Michaels, now over at Amazon doing Thursday Night Football with Kirk Herbstreet. Excellent chat with Al about going to Amazon and not working at NBC anymore, having chemistry with Herbstreet, what we could expect from the Amazon broadcast. Some some stories from his one year at CBS, uh, Howard Stern stories, stories about working with Chick Hearn, uh, who you saw in Winning Time, and Al having an experience with Chick Hearn like Pat Riley. It was great stuff with Al. And then uh Sal Akata for Train of Thoughts, give you a little best bet NFL pick, get into the legalized gambling sites that I have some issues with. Discuss Sal uh, bringing a one and a half year old to a Met game, which was problematic to say the least and sal gives us some vintage sal and uh we have a giveaway in the train of thought segment via brady brand tom brady's company giving away uh some nice stuff here for the listeners so there's a nice brady brand giveaway in train of thought so make sure you stick around with that before we get to the pod well, we're in the pod before we get to the interviews. Let me just tell you, if you missed any recent SI Media podcast, check them out in the archives. Matthew Berry last week on his big move from ESPN to NBC. Two weeks ago, Roman Reigns from the WWE and Andy Stables on college football. Uh, three weeks ago, Tim Burke, a.k.a. Bubba Prague on Twitter on the Manti Teo documentary on Netflix. Check those out. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. All right. Al Michaels followed by of Thoughts with a giveaway in that segment right here on the si media podcast all right joining me now always love having him on si media podcast regular mount rushmore broadcaster man part of the greatest live tv prank call of all time and a man who has never eaten a vegetable he is now the amazon play-by-play man al michaels al thanks for doing this how are you
3: jimmy let's go uh, make some headlines
2: not yeah let's Let's make some. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Who who offered you how much money over the past year, and why did you end up with Amazon? How about that? Let's start there. And how how often can I plead this? fifth? <laughs> <this? laughs> anyway. well, we we it, it it feels like this off season with the broadcaster stuff has been going on forever. So it's I'm glad it's all finally here and we get some games. Um, you got the first Amazon game next Thursday. You have a good one, Chargers and Chiefs. Uh, in KC, great place, great atmosphere. Let me start with this. You did a one preseason game for Amazon with Kirk Herbstreet. I think it was Niners, Texans. Right. I, I said this on Twitter, and I wrote this in my column. I was stunned at the chemistry right off the bat and the smoothness of the broadcast with someone you've never worked with before. Had you done practice games before that?
3: What we had done is six days before out here in Los Angeles, the Rams played the Texans at SoFi in a preseason game. And we did a telecast that went to a veritable tape machine. Didn't go out over the air anywhere. But uh, we wanted to get the crew together, top to bottom, all the cameramen, all the tape operators, all of the, the ancillary people uh, who do every every job imaginable on that show, uh, about, I'd say, 90 to 100 people. And how is this going to work? And we started, and we started to do the game, and right off the bat, I felt very comfortable with Kirk. Uh, Fred Godelli, our producer, um, he's uh, skinning several different cats that night. because He has some people that he's worked with uh, that he knows and can trust and others that he doesn't know and sort of either has to train or, or bring into what we're trying to do so that we're all on the same page. So I'd say by the end of the first quarter, I said, hmm, this is really working extremely well. And then we did three and a half quarters that night. And we didn't take the game to its conclusion because we said, hey, you know, this is going to work. And we went down to Houston to do the, a real game, a preseason game anyway, that actually went out on the air. Uh, and uh, it, it, you're right. It felt very, very comfortable. Now, what I, I found to be interesting was that when I first was paired with John Madden back in 2002, Uh, Fred Gudeli was the producer and he, he asked us if we wanted to do a practice game. And since I was the senior member of the Monday Night Crew and John had come over from Fox at that point, John looked at me and I said to Fred, I don't think we need to do this because I've heard John do hundreds of games. John has heard me do a couple of hundred games. I think we know the rhythm. And right off the bat, I mean, by the second commercial in our first game, I went, this is, that part is easy as pie. Uh, pretty much the same thing with Chris Collinsworth back in 2009, because Chris and I had done one game when John had a week off in 2008. I'd known Chris for a long time. My brother was actually his producer at NBC back in the 90s. Uh, I thought Chris was tremendous before I ever worked with him. That worked. So with, with Kirk, I didn't really know him until April. And then we had uh, a couple of days in New York together and a couple of other um Meals and meetings and phone calls. And I knew his rhythm and he knew mine. So I, I i don't want to say I was shocked by it, but I was very pleasantly surprised and walked away from the booth that night saying, you know, for a preseason game where you're not talking about any strategy where it's kind of like, you know, it's the wild west in a way. And, <laughs> and, and we're going to the sideline reporter Kaylee Hartung a lot. It's not like a regular season game, but I feel really comfortable going into that Charger Kansas City game next week.
2: Yeah. When you're doing that, as you're doing it, are you thinking, wow, this is smooth smooth sailing here. There's no issue. Do you, are you talking to Kirk about how smooth it seems or you don't do that during the game?
3: I think there was almost by osmosis a feeling that, you know, you don't want to say, hey, this is fantastic. This is great. Because we have a tendency to do that too much in this business. Uh, what it, it, it was rolling along. And I think we both felt as if it was rolling along and it was good. And I've always likened to Jimmy to, you know, the, the game I've always said is a melody. We provide the lyrics and the greatest songs ever recorded were, were songs that had the lyrics perfectly matching the melody, because if they don't, it sounds like, you know, heavy metal, um, I'm not saying you want to sound like Perry Como, but, you know, nobody nobody, nobody would nobody would even know who uh, Perry Como is in this audience. But um, it, it just, you want it to flow. You want it to sound, right. not sound cacophonous. And so that is what we're actually trying to do. We're trying to, you know, to blend. And I really felt, and the, and the feedback I get, now naturally your friends are going to tell you, you know, that was great. But friends that I really trust that are inside the business that know what this is about, uh, they were pleasantly surprised too. Yeah,
2: a lot's been made of Kirk doing the two games—the Thursday night Amazon with you, and then Saturday, usually Saturday night. Once in a blue moon, it's during the day if it's a big game with with Chris Fowler over at ESPN on college football. Has I don't, you know, I know Troy has said it's pretty grueling. Troy Aikman um, has, has Kirk come to you for any advice? Have you talked about him doing the two games? Any? Tricks or tips that he's got to do, or do you think, you know, he's young enough where he can handle it and it's not a big deal?
3: I think I'm sure he can handle it. I mean, the physical toll is going to be taxing because he's going to do a Thursday night game. Then, you know, he has to do the game day show, which is fine if it's in the same locale as the night game. If you're in, I don't know where Athens, Georgia, or Raleigh, North Carolina, wherever he's going to be. But if he has to do that show for three hours in the morning and then get on a plane, which he's done in the past, and fly to Eugene, Oregon, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, God bless, and I hope everything works out great in that regard. And then he has to, with this schedule, pretty much fly home after the game on Saturday night to be in front of his television set on Sunday because we only have three days to ramp up for the Thursday night game. And to watch those games on Sunday Ticket or or whatever platform we can to get ready for for next week. So yeah. it's it's going to be quite uh, quite the endeavor. Uh, the only thing I've really told him is uh, make sure you take a lot of vitamin C.
2: Yeah, you know, especially on the planes and everything, you don't want to get sure. sick. Um, obviously, lots of made. This is the this is the first year. Amazon has the exclusive rights to Thursday night, and clearly they wanted a legit booth. They got it. Do you have any concerns, fears about doing the game for Amazon?
3: No, because it's a different platform, Jimmy. And for the most part, I'm working with a lot of the same people that I've worked with on Sunday night. You start at the top with Fred Goodelli, who's producing it, who I've worked with for 21 years. So I know how that dynamic works. And I know how what Fred has done and he's created, you know, in my mind, you know, the best sports show on television over the last two decades. So you start there. Uh, our director, Pierre Moussa, uh, has a ton of experience. He did Notre Dame for a lot of years and has done a lot of other things at, at NBC. And I've been a part of some of those at the Olympics. Uh, I would say forty to fifty percent of the crew, and I'm talking about tape operators, audio people, uh, cameramen. They're, they're, they've either been a part of Sunday and are coming to Thursday because they want the weekend off, or they're going to work both. So they're going to have you know kind of a Kirk Street uh, type of schedule without doing a pregame show. So in that sense, it's comfortable, and I'm I can't look at it like. I'm reinventing some sort of a wheel here. Or I'm going to do something differently. I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, look, it's, it's not a case of doing it differently. It's a qu- case of can we do it better? Can we tweak it and make it perfect? We're always looking to pitch the perfect game. So there's a big comfort level there knowing uh, I'm not, you know, flying blind with a new producer and a totally new crew. And this is why, Jimmy, Amazon had to, they, don't, they didn't have the infrastructure to do this. So they had to partner with, an entity, either NBC or I think Fox was in that mix for a while. I think CBS dropped that early in terms of of a partnership. So they had to, they had to acquire the infrastructure. So because of that, I would say uh, my comfort level is far more than it would have been had I been going in blind.
2: The biggest takeaway I saw after that preseason game was a lot of people were remarking about how it felt like a Sunday night game. It looked, felt, sounded like Sunday night football, which I think is a huge win for Amazon, huge win for you guys. You know, there was a. I now listen. I I I'm in the business, so I I hear things. And you know, the NFL and Roger Goodell. You correct me here. You're the one who should be speaking this more than me. But they're involved in in the broadcast part of of this. They're not going to let someone come in and reinvent the wheel. I think. You know, we've seen Apple do this with baseball on Friday nights. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. The NFL is not doing that. They're they're going to play it straight, which they did. And I think the consensus from everyone was this looks like Sunday night football. We're good to go here. And I think the biggest challenge for Amazon by far and away is just letting people know that that's where the game is on Thursday night. We're in the media world. I'm on Twitter all day, unfortunately. You'd be surprised. You know, I still have to this day people who I know, friends, sports fans saying to me, is the game on local? Is it only on Amazon? You know, they don't understand the game is only on Amazon unless the two teams are in your market. Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge is just getting people to know that it's there only not anywhere else.
3: Uh, I would agree with you. And I think Amazon in terms of promoting it or, or trying to show people, Hey, here's what you do. And you know, they tell me, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but something, 150 million people already subscribe to prime video. So if you do, and if you watch prime video, you just go there right. and the game will appear. You go there at seven o'clock Eastern time and the pregame show comes on and then the game will will follow that. So that part of it's going to be easy. The people who who don't have it, I think, you know, obviously they want to know how to get it. But, you know, a lot of people, I think the only thing that's really different with other streaming services here, if you have Netflix uh, and a lot of people have Netflix, obviously, you you know, you, it's it's on demand. I mean, at four o'clock in the morning, you want to watch a movie you do three o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it is, a year later, it's there. Sure. This is a little different in that it's live. Right. So, you know, you at, at seven o'clock Eastern time, you want to make sure you're there. So that'll, you know, some people I'm sure will be late to the game trying to figure out where do I go? How do I see this? Uh, I think that will evolve over time uh, from what I understand. And again, a lot of this is probably, look, my kids, my grandkids all understand everything about mm-hmm. this, right? so they're in that demographic and right. maybe i'm not necessarily in that demographic but i i, I, I would know how to to log on uh <laughs> it's different it, it, it it's different uh it but it, it will and, and by the way jimmy you mentioned it had a, a sunday night feel. so yeah. if you have the number one show on television for 11 consecutive years and counting right now and that's why why on earth would you want to not do it that way? Right. You know, right. I mean, what, why, in the, why in the world would you want to what, well, because some Well,
2: because some people come in with their egos and want to do a, you know, look at me, Uh-oh. look what I'm going to do. Reinvent the wheel. So that's. Oh, why. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
3: Jimmy. Look, I'm <laughs> telling you, look, I'm all for young people getting into the business and all of that. And I don't want to sound like a codger and get off my lawn, all that crap, because I do believe in the enhancement and bringing the young people along. And a lot of them are fantastic and, and they evolve and they see what's going on. And then there are some, as you say, who come in with a big ego and it's the finger snapping, fast talking yeah. crap. Right. And they'll, they'll say to something like, hey, did you ever think about doing it this way? And there was a guy in the not too distant past when I was doing the NBA and he sort of had a little bit to do a lot to do with how the NBA telecasts were going to be constructed. And he said to me, uh, hey, did you ever think about doing it this way? I said, did I ever think about it? 20 years ago, we did it that way. And then I had to take him through the timeline to where we are right now. So God bless him. If you have an idea, great. But don't tell me, did you ever think about doing something? when you know At this point, I don't want to say I've done everything, but I've done everything.
2: I, you won't, I know you won't give me the name, but can, what did he want you to do? Can you get specific? I would love to know what he wanted you to change or what he wanted you to do.
3: Oh, so it, just inter- it was the structure of the telecast and how things were being presented. I can't right. I can't think of specific examples, but it was kind of like that, you know, that finger right. snapping, hey, man, right. you know, I'm here. And, and believe me, I've, I've been through a ton of those people through through my career. Not, I shouldn't say a ton, a few, because for the most part, the younger ones coming up, I'd love to see them evolve. I'd love to see them. You know, I know so many people right now. Sean McManus runs CBS Sports, was a production assistant of mine right. for a long time bill Bennell, you know produces college football on on um, um on disney work with him so i work with a lot of these people you know as like interns and production assistants and i i'm thrilled to see you know
2: where where they've gone right. give, give me the single most ridiculous piece of advice someone tried to give you
3: the single most ridiculous mm-hmm. piece
2: of advice in, in terms of your broadcasting
3: it, you know, it, there's no one single thing. Once in a while, somebody will say, you know, why don't you, you know, sound more enthusiastic? Why don't you? That's a big one. I see that about a lot of broadcasters. You know, that that is. But let me tell you something, Jimmy. Here, here's my feeling about this. I've been watching sports since I was six years old. Loved sports. Loved, watched. I watched bowling from Paramus, New Jersey when I was a kid in New York. I mean, you know, on Saturday nights. I watched everything. I have learned to be in concert and in sync and as a fan with the game. And again, I go back to that lyrics melody thing. If the game is dull, don't holler the game at the audience. Don't scream the game at the audience. Maybe you can be a little bit above a dull game. And if a game is great, don't go over the top of it. The game by itself is great. And so when the game is great, I find myself talking less than more, maybe in ellipses, um, uh, and, and captions more so than complete sentences. So that's, that's how I view things. So again, it's a case of, I can't say it's the most ridiculous piece of advice, but occasionally once in a while, you know, people say, well, Al sounds like he's bored with the game. I'm not bored with the game. I'm just trying to be in concert with the game. It's as simple as that.
2: Right. Um, so with Amazon, I think it's like, I think Amazon Prime to get to subscribe and get all the free delivery. It's like $170, $180 a year. And I hope you get that for free now. I hope no, that's I some perks. No, no, no perks. No, 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 no. no, no free perks. videos. Come on. What, what is that? Take care of Al? I have, will you? I have,
3: I have my own truck out in the driveway. Apart from
2: that, <laughs> <driveway>. <laughs> I've seen the truck. I saw that. I was, where was I? I was, I was going with drive through Dunkin Donuts last week. And there was an Amazon truck in front of me. And it had the Sunday night football. They had yes. a bunch of players and all that on the truck. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, normally in a situation like this, I would say to you, you're at Amazon after all those years at NBC. Is there a part of you that maybe wants to stick it to NBC a little bit and show them you still got it? You're still the number one guy. They should, but you're still working for NBC because you're going to call a playoff game for them, and right. they named you Emeritus. Now, first of all, what is what is that? What What is, what is your duties? What is your... Responsibilities as the emeritus at NBC Sports.
3: Well, in, in addition to doing the playoff game, I guess I would be the guy in the bullpen in case something happened and I, they needed to, me to fill in on some on some show. Uh, obviously, I've done tons and tons of sports through the years, and I think the emeritus thing. We'll see how it evolves. I think it may it may mean things like next year, for instance, the U.S. Open is four miles from my house, so maybe I'm not hosting or you know, I'm not doing the, the Dan Hicks role, <laughs> but I might be you know, providing certain LA nice. uh, oriented or based stories about that. Not sure what's gonna happen. Maybe the Olympics are in Paris, you know, yeah. it, it's on wall to wall. So there may be certain things that appeal to me and appeal to them in terms of coming in and being I don't want to say it's the old you know, you you might remember Jack Whitaker. Jack Whitaker kinda yep. The essays, that sort of thing right. uh, maybe it goes in that direction I just don't know at this point right now I'm just I'm thinking football football, football until the end of the year.
2: and, and how important was it for you to get that playoff game with NBC
3: well that was part, you know that, that was uh, already built into the contract uh, with Amazon because that was NBC having two games uh, one on probably on Saturday, one on Sunday though they conceivably could be on the same day. And so Tarico and Commonsworth will do one, and I'll do the other game. Uh, whether I don't know whether it'll be Saturday or Sunday, but no, it, it's uh, look. Anytime you can be a part of a playoff game, and you know, as you know, I've done eleven Super Bowls and I don't know sixty postseason games. It's fantastic, and some of the greatest postseason games in NFL history. So, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy to be a part of that, too, and at least, you know, keep my, uh, my fingers in the pie for uh, postseason.
2: And, and a big, big thing for every broadcaster, every play-by-play guy, especially the NFL, and especially on the standalone games, which is what Thursday night football is, is obviously the schedule. Uh, I'm sure you were devouring the schedule when it came out to see where I thought, listen, they've got to take care of Sunday night. There's been a bigger emphasis on taking care of Monday night. Sunday four twenty five is always going to be a top game. I thought they did a pretty good job taking care of Amazon and you guys. There, I, I went through it. I think there were only like, you know, maybe two clunkers the whole the whole year. I, I, th- I think uh, there was Commanders at Bears, where Week Six, which is early enough. Where I, you know, if later in the season that might be a problem. Maybe I think, and then later in the season you have Jaguars, Jets, Week Sixteen. I don't know why they did that to you, but that's that's just me speaking there. But you had to be overall, I think, pretty happy with what you got, right?
3: Well, you we start with the fact that every team has right, to every- be on at least at least once. But there are two teams that don't have to be on we have 15 weeks, 30 teams. And then as it turned out, there were some vagaries in the Tennessee schedule. So we have Tennessee twice. We have them at Green Bay. And then we have our last game, I think, is uh, Dallas at Tennessee. So the, there are only three teams we don't have. The Giants, surprisingly. I thought we'd do a game in New York with them. Uh, Minnesota. You know, kind of a funny uh, team to not have on the schedule. And Detroit, and you can sort of understand, you know, where the Lions have been. Uh, Maybe they'll play their way back into, um, you know, the schedule next year. So we have 29 of the the teams. I looked at the schedule. I said, good opener. Uh, Second week, week three of the season, our second week, Pittsburgh-Cleveland. Very interesting. You know, good rivalry third week super bowl uh, participants, cincinnati against miami indianapolis goes to denver is really good i think we've got a new orleans arizona game I mean, there's some interesting matchups here yeah. about you know teams that don't play each other a lot the washington chicago game if nothing else you're talking about two major markets right major. Right, right you know i mean chicago uh, they haven't been very good so they don't appear on Sunday night or Monday night very often, at least in the last couple of years. But it's always good to have a Chicago game on. Uh, and then going down the line, you know, I looked at uh, the Baltimore, Tampa Bay. You know, you got Brady and Lamar Jackson, supposedly. And who knows what, you know, what actually happens that night. And you're right. A couple of clunkers in there. But sometimes the clunkers turn out either to be really good games or teams are, like, shockingly surprising. I mean, we have a Carolina-Atlanta game. Somewhere down there in, I think, October or November. So if Baker Mayfield lights it up, I mean, all of a sudden, that game now has more sheen than it would be just saying, hey, Carolina's playing Atlanta in November.
2: Right. Well, here, and here's the thing, as, and you know this as well as anyone. Even with the clunkers, thanks to legalized sports betting, you will still have an audience for that. I mean, all you need to know about the NFL is they had a Steelers-Lions game on NFL Network on a Saturday night, and it got more viewers than Yankees Red Sox on Fox, which was in, I think, 40 million more homes. So I think the legalized sports betting helps you out with the clunker. You know, Jaguars, Jets, Week 16, if it's a standalone game, the the betters will be there.
3: Oh, there's no question. Yeah. Oh, you, you and I both know. I mean, yeah. uh, you can also look, and I've always been the rascal, and I've always <laughs> loved to fool around with, Point spreads and over and unders and all of that. And I was able to do that through the years, and people would say, Well, the league doesn't want him to do it, but look at this. He's the rascal. We love this. Okay. I get that. And, you know, my, all my buddies love, love that. Uh, this game is not quite over. You know, I can't really, I can do that now, but it won't have the impact. But all I right. think, I think people sometimes can get so immersed in this. I just don't want, Half the country going to Gamblers Anonymous by the end of the year. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's fun to bet on a game and all of that, but if you starting to bet the mortgage money or the or the kids' tuition or something, you better get yourself some help. So, right. I think you know, legalized betting, good. By the way, if if the people who are going to bet legalized uh, wager in legalized betting are still going to bet with bookies if there wasn't legalized betting for the most part. So well, this well, is not, well, not that big of a change.
2: Yeah. Well, what I would say about the difference there is I, I had that attitude as well. I always thought the legalized sports betting wouldn't be a big deal because if you wanted to bet, you were writing betting whether it was legal or not. I've mm. changed my tune on that a little now that I've dabbled in all these websites because what's, gonna, what, what, what's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger each day and is just meh, the live betting is a huge thing. The live, which you can't do with a bookie, you can't do live betting with a bookie, but the fact that you can put on a Thursday night game at any moment and get a new spread, a new total and bet it adds a whole other layer that it wasn't there. That's not there with the bookie. So I had the same attitude as you and I I change only because for, you know, for that reason.
3: Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, but I I wonder, and I don't know the answer to this. Yeah. What percentage of the audience is actually doing this? I mean, what? and you know we we keep forgetting you know when we would do a super bowl and somebody would say wow you know what's it like to go on the air in front of like 110 million people and i would say it's real simple in my mind 330 million people live in this country so 220 million people are not watching this so what per- so if 15 million people are watching a game i'd love to know at some point what percentage and I tend to think it's rather small. Are going to sit there and go? I'm going to bet run pass. I'm going to bet uh, you know the fourth right, quarter right. over under or all that. I I just don't know. But I don't think it will be all pervasive because everybody would run out of money by a certain point. Right.
2: I I I do think. I mean, listen, it's going to get bigger. That's 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 why all these networks are trying to capitalize. I agree with you. The percentage is probably not what we think. But mm-hmm. when it's the Jets Jaguars in Week 16, the percentage will be very high. <laughs>
3: Yeah, probably I'm not sure the percentage of the total audience Will be that high But the percentage of those watching will probably be higher Listen, Jimmy, the only fear I have With going into this package Is that uh, And and Nielsen's going to rate everything right now For the first time ever, I guess So um, I'm a little nervous about that I don't know how that's going to work out But if, um, if I see the dude perfect On the alternate feed Outraged us one night, I'm done I'm announcing my retirement
2: that would uh, that would be that would be a problem. I think Amazon has like <laughs> five alternative feeds, if I'm not mistaken. They they're, and they, you know it's funny we talked about it earlier about, um, just you know if you don't like this broadcast or that, but you know with all these alternative, I I think Monday night is fascinating where you have Joe and Troy, which. You could say is the top booth, the second best booth, is good, you know, wherever you want to rank them. And then going with, with the Manning cast, same company, same, you know, I think that's a very interesting. How would you feel about that if you were doing Monday night and they had the Manning cast there? Would you look at it as competition or would you look at it as roll one company, everyone watch what you want? Right. I, I
3: believe in the uh, the big top theory where, you know, you're outside, you know, the like super circus. Come on, come one, come all. Hey, if that's your thing, great. I, have a, I think a lot of people. And I love the Manning cast. I mean, it was great last year. Those guys are—they're they're sensational. They are one-offs in terms of doing something like that. But you know, you'd have to go back and watch the game too, because some—you know—sometimes you want to watch the game as the game. And right. they would have the guests, and a lot of them were great, and some of them, you know, you'd switch immediately back to the game itself. But this is the the world we live in right now. This is, you know. I mean, will the New York Daily News go out of business because the New York Post has a larger subscription base? No. Uh, I don't know if that's the, the right analogy necessarily here. But tell me a business where there's no competition. Right. And so, again, in this particular case, you're competing against yourself. Now, are you, are you savaging yourself? I don't think you are. I think that ESPN probably figured out. I think they, they thought that more people totaled would watch if you had the alternate telecast in addition to the regular telecast. I'm That's my guess. I don't know for a fact, but I'm thinking yeah. that it, oh, the yeah, audience yeah. Th- it doesn't get diminished by the hmm. fact there's an alternate feed.
2: There was so much made about the Manning cast this year, and I loved it too. But I mean, they were doing 1.5 million and the traditional telecast was doing, you know, 10, 11, 12 million. And I think may even do even better with, you know, Joe and Troy, but it's, it's all about the game. You have a good game. You get more people watching It's You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, how, is it going to be weird for you to not call a game in week one? This must be the first time in, like, what, 30 years you're not calling a week one game?
3: Uh, 30, 37 years. Wow. 20 twenty on Monday, 16 on Sunday. And I've done the lead. I've done the first game of the season for, I think, 18 years. I think the last couple at ABC, we had it. And then this was part of the NBC contract. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be. It'll be odd. It'll be strange. Yeah. But, you know, here we go and the game will be over and Sunday's games will be over and I'm I'm back to work next Thursday. Yeah.
4: Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
5: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
2: I want to switch gears completely and talk about something that I've been wanting to talk to you about all summer, because over the summer I read a book uh, that came out last December about the NFL today. I think it was called "You Are Looking Live" by Rich mm-hmm. Podolsky. Did you read the book? I did. I talked to Rich too, so okay, really I, a Long interview. So yeah. when I was reading that book one day, sitting on Jones Beach, relaxing, there were a couple of things in there that I about you that I I was like, I, I got, I cannot wait to have Alan the podcast to discuss this because I didn't. I don't know how I never knew you didn't do a year of football at CBS. But be- forget, before we get to that, let me go. I'm gonna. This is a circle, but we'll get there. Did you watch HBO's winning time on the Lakers?
3: I watched the yeah, I did. You mean the one that destroyed Jerry West?
2: Okay, so that's, a big theme the in that a big theme in that was how they treated Jerry West and Jerry. But uh, the other guy who came off horrifically was Chick Hearn. And in one of well, the episodes, there's a, there's a famous episode where Pat Riley becomes his analyst. And this is in the show, so who knows what's real, you know. And in the show, mm-hmm. they have Chick Hearn basically telling Pat Riley, when I put my hand up like this, you stop talking. Mm-hmm. And Chick basically didn't want Pat Riley to ever speak. And then I read in this book that you work with Chick Hearn and it sounded like there was a similar experience there.
3: So you go all the way back to (laughs) 1967. I get a job with California Sports Incorporated. They have the Lakers. They're building the form. It's Jack Kent Cook. And the Los Angeles Kings are coming into the National Hockey League for their inaugural season. And I get a PR job, which may lead to being the color announcer for maybe the Kings. And they bring in Jiggs McDonald to do the games. And maybe they're thinking about me, the kid. I mean, this is a million years ago. I get a call from Jack Kent Cook one day. He says, Alan, only at Jack and my mother called mm-hmm. me Alan. Uh, I want you to meet me at the airport. We're going to fly up to San Francisco because the Lakers are playing a preseason game against the Warriors at the Cow Palace. Go up there, and now I see what's happening. Chick Hearn did not want to work with any analyst, he wanted to do a one man show. And I was used, to, to make a long story a lot shorter, as the sacrificial lamb because they wanted Hot Rod Hundley to be the analyst. So they had to grease the skids and send me in there as the sacrificial lamb so that Chick would go, I can't work with this kid. It wasn't anything about me. And Chick and I became great pals through the years. And I did the appreciation piece in the LA Times when he died. Uh, So he, he didn't want to work with anybody. So on on a television game, I wouldn't appear at all. I would do statistics. On a radio game, he'd let me read the stats at halftime and at the end of the game. That was it. I did four preseason games, and I did seven or eight regular season games and got fired. We're making a road trip early in the season, and we're going to go to Boston and Cincinnati, where the Royals were playing at that time. And I put my bag on the plane. I was also the traveling secretary. I had all of the tickets, and I'm handing them out to the players. Jerry West, Elgin Baylor. Think about this. You know, Daryl Limhoff, Archie Clark. Um, Bill Van Bredekoff was the coach. And Van Bredekoff is about the sixth or seventh guy to get out of a cab. And he, say, he says, give me the tickets. He said, call Alan Rothenberg, who was working in the uh, Laker front office at that time for Cook and uh and don't get on the plane so i know i'm gonna get fired right i mean i'm embarrassed as hell and on top of it i've got to get my bag off the plane now this is 1967 <laughs> where at least you can go to the you, you know I'm, we're flying united and they somehow were able to get the bag off and i was standing there as a lonely forlorn figure at baggage claim <laughs> watching it go round and round and waiting for the one bag to come off which you did got in the car go into the Beverly Hills office. And of course I'm out of there. Did and Chick end up
2: working with hot rod Hunley? He did. Okay. Correct. So right. in fact, not only did he wind
3: up working with hot rod Hunley, but when I turned the game on the next night, there was Chick with hot rod, right? One night later. So they'd already <laughs> sent right. hot rod to Boston. So that was my Laker experience. Of course, that was one and done and out of there and all. And as I say, you know i mean cook was just uh, full of bombast and bullshit and uh, but that was jack and cook and it, chicken eyes I, I actually chicken and i became great friends and we we yeah. understood what had happened
2: yeah yeah it sounds almost like a sopranos episode like you had to get whacked so they could bring in hot rod hunley to work with chick because chick didn't want to work with someone so young and inexperienced right. i
3: was yeah. 22 years old at that point you know i had right, no experience right. what the hell
2: yeah, well, he didn't come off great in winning time because the Riley story, you know, they make it seem like, you right. know, he didn't want Pat to ever, to ever speak. And you then know. the other, so you did what, one year of NFL at CBS? Yes, but before that, I did two games
3: for NBC Regional right. back right. in 1971, both featuring the Buffalo Bills uh, at Minnesota and at the Jets. And then I, in 1974, I did a, about eight games on NBC, regional games. Uh, and then and then the following. So then NBC, I asked for, like, you know, a little bit more money going into 75. They didn't want to pay it. And then all of a sudden, the CBS was interested in me. Uh, and uh, and that's how I wound, wound up going to CBS.
2: And the, the theme in the book was at that time when you were there at CBS for that year, Costas was also there and they had Brent, I think. And it was Brent, like this. Brent, yeah, Brent was. The, had, I, think
3: Bob, I think Bob came a little later than that. Oh, okay. I think I mean, so. The, yeah.
2: The theme was that CBS had all these young broadcasters at one time, right. where you know, I, and then ended up losing most of them until they mm-hmm. then they fired Brent to have Nance, you know, take over that. Yeah, spot. That,
3: that was that was way down the line. Way later. Moment. Way later. Yeah. yeah we're, we're talking about the seventies here. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. I was I was about the number four guy, four or five guy. So I started out out the season with my partner, is Wayne Walker, the former Lions linebacker. Uh, And then Wayne gets fired because he didn't want to do a game when his family wanted to go to Disneyland, and they took us off a game in L.A. and put us on a game in New England. Uh, Then I worked with a guy named Tim Van Gelder, who was a uh, long-forgotten quarterback at one point with the Cardinals. I worked – oh, then I did a game – I did a game with Johnny Unitas – which was an unbelievable thrill for me.
5: Yeah. I mean, we did, yeah, We
3: did New Orleans at Oakland, and that's when I first met John Madden. And I was living across the bay in, in from Oakland. I'm living in Menlo Park, and I went to meet Madden. And the first conversation we ever had was about Travels with Charlie, the book by Steinbeck. That's what he wanted to do someday. And then, who, who would know that 25 years later we would, you know, uh-huh. wind up making uh, our own little music together.
2: Can you imagine that. that? Can you imagine that story today, though? If a, if a game analyst at the at the week before decides he's not doing the game because he's going to Disney with his family,
3: Wayne had married a an heiress, and they had a beautiful home in Tiburon overlooking San Francisco, and he basically said, "Screw it, I'm going to Disneyland." Right? I am going to Disneyland, and <laughs> That's great. I'm not go, I'm not going to go do San Francisco at, at New England, and That's that did phenomenal. it for Wayne, who was also he was the anchor on the uh, the sports anchor on the. CBS affiliate in San Francisco. But then they're they're moving around. I had Johnny Morris with me. And then I get to Atlanta like week. Had to be like week 13 or 12. It's later in the season. It's mid, mid November. Probably. I don't know who my analyst is. (laughs) They tell me I'm, I I don't know. So I'm standing. I'm checking into the Marriott hotel on Friday night in downtown Atlanta. And I look over into the next line and I see Hank Stram. And I, I, But, well, you know, Hank was a CBS guy, and I said, Hank, Al Michaels, are we – and he said, I think so. So that's how I met Hank. And then Hank and I did the last, i say, five or six games that season together. Loved Hank. Loved him. We had a a blast. And I'll never forget, the last game we do is Rams at New Orleans. We're going to go to dinner in the French Quarter on Saturday night before the game. And he calls my room at about 6 o'clock, and he says – can't have dinner i gotta i'm, I'm gonna go meet john Meekum, who owned the team and i said hey i said hank this is great i think you're back on the sidelines next year oh no 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 okay my phone rings the next morning at 6 30 we're gonna leave the hotel around you know nine thirty for a mid a noon game you got to meet me for breakfast what no
2: no come come down
3: and then he says to me he says do you think i have a future in this business i said hank absolutely he said, you know, I got this opportunity. I said, I know. I'm sure Neekom offered you the job. Hank, do yourself a favor. You're still a coach. Go back to the sidelines, and this will be available to you when you're done with this portion of your career. Okay? It'll be there. And uh, Hank and I became, you know, fast friends and great friends all, all the way to his dying day.
2: Did, did you ever work with anyone over the – or maybe you didn't work with them, but a coach or a player who you thought – could have been, would have been a great analyst, and they went back into the game and never got back into it. Is there, I don't mean I don't want you to say they weren't a great analyst because they weren't. I mean, someone who could have and should have been good, but never pursued it or never went all out—a player, a coach over the years—you thought really could have done a great job with it.
3: I didn't work with him, but I think mm. Bill Parcells, yeah. had he devoted himself to this business, would have been fabulous because you know Bill is. He's unfiltered, but it's it's a smart unfiltered. There are guys who are unfiltered and it's stupid, yeah. or not 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 particularly smart. Bill had all of the goods, and I think I don't know. If I've told this story. I, I wrote about it in, in my book that when Monday night Don Allmire came in to produce it in 2000, we wound up doing you know it was the Dennis Miller year. We had Dan Fouts. We changed the whole showroom, but the original concept was to get Parcells to do this, and Bill had just. Left coaching, you know, had the health issue, and he was with the Jets, and he's going to go into the front office, which wasn't going to excite him to, to the point where you know it could have been something that he wanted to do for a long period of time. And Bill and I had two extremely long conversations on the phone, right after Howard Katz, who was running ABC Sports at the time, had contacted Bill, and we talked for at least an hour and a half on each occasion. And Bill was the guy who, as a coach, would always have all the answers. But in these conversations, he had all the questions, and the questions were great. And he wanted to know the forensics of everything that happens in the booth. By the time I'm finished with Bill, the second conversation, I say to him, look, I said, I I love where you're going. I think this would make a great team. Uh, I think the the only thing I'm asking you to do is – Don't think of this as a halfway house those of us who do this show love it it's our lifeblood we're honored to be a part of it so if this is going to be a a, you know a way a way station for you no 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 uh just please do me that favor and bill says i don't know what i'm going to do yet i have to think about this very carefully he said but i'll tell you what if i do this i will be the best analyst that ever existed so now I wanted him more than ever. But a week later, you know, he was thinking about it. He was right on the edge. But I think a lot of it had to do with the travel, right. even though they were to take care of that, you know, privately or whatever they had to do. I, I think Bill Bill hated the travel. And yeah. uh, I think <clears throat> even though he did go back and I, I knew I knew at that point, too, I said he had one more go round, And of course, that turned out to be the Cowboys.
2: Dallas. Yeah, I. I love that answer because I'm a huge Parcells fan. Just as a New Yorker, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was always fascinated by by the guy and the humor of Bill. Mm-hmm. I, I post this on Twitter every year when it happens, when it's his birthday, or whatever. One of my all time favorite sports quotes. It's from an old Patriot game. Bill. It's before the game. Bill's walking down the field with the trainer, and the trainer says to They're talking about the kicker, the place kicker, and right. the trainer says, "I think he'll be okay." And Bill's like, "What?" He goes. Uh, he goes. I think he'll be okay to play. And Bill goes. I don't need him to play, Doc. I just need him to kick. Exactly. I I mean, just a, right. a Great line. Great line. Oh,
3: he, he's great. And even you know, if he wanted to get the point across, you know, Bill was an educated and a very smart man, top to bottom. But if once in a while he had to go, you know, off uh, script to make his point, like that's why you lift all them weights, right? right. Right, he, Of course you knew that those yeah. weights. That's why you lift all them weights, right? Which, which is more powerful than lifting those weights, which would be grammatically correct. Right. Now, right. Bill, and, and, Bill, Bill would have been great.
2: Yeah. Tremendous. He did. The, and Bill, I, another story I remember because I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I remember just like almost peeing in my pants when I heard this. Bill did games for NBC with Marv for a couple of years. My and brother produced never... them. My oh, really? My
3: brother produced the games. David Michaels. Yes, exactly.
2: I will never forget this story. Ask your brother if he remembers it. They were doing a jet game player gets hurt and back then remember they used to have like the carts that came out but they were like in the shape of a helmet or whatever Yeah, Mm -hmm. Bill Mm -hmm. goes on a rant about you have this tough 300 pound guy who's down and hurt and he's writhing in pain and you know pressure and then bring out this cart that's like for a 12 year old and you know Bill's ripping the the cart and there's you know Marv is so great there's like maybe two three seconds of total silence and then Marv just goes Bill, not liking the Jetmobile. <laughs> Perfect.
3: They made it a good was, combination.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, Mars really like you. Did. I mean, they can work with anyone. Um, let me ask a couple of NFL questions before he wraps with the season here. We, you know, we mentioned the gambling. I don't want to get to like heavy-duty gambling, but do you look at the win totals for each team before, like as an indicator? You know, I I, I tweeted this the other day. The Bills total is like 11 and a half. I'm like, how are they not going over the Bills? Do you look at those at all?
3: Sure, I do. It gives yeah. you an idea of what the the outside world thinks about it um, any of them
2: stand out that you thought this is too high this is too low
3: not really because i think they're more condensed i mean you don't see you don't see a 13 or a 14 and you don't see a 2 yeah. so it's somewhere between 11 and 5 maybe so because you yeah. don't know there are yeah. so many vagaries there are so many things that that you don't know will happen or won't happen you don't know about injuries uh, so I, I look at that to see, generally, you know how people assess the league in total, all thirty-two yeah. teams, and how they stack up against each other.
2: Give me a, a storyline you're most interested. What you want to see play out? What what you think is most intriguing going into the season? I know for me, it's Brady. I think with the eleven uh, it, days yeah. off and. You know, I, I wanted to give you a minute to think of one, a lot about, you know, the days off and go. he has the contract to go into broadcasting. What does he do after this season? I think the Brady thing is fascinating.
3: Uh, you didn't have to give me a minute. I, I was yeah. going to say it before you said it. Yeah, yeah of course. The Brady thing is, is paramount. And I'm not going to say it's number one, but, I mean, it's right up there where, you know, you, you want to see how that plays out. Uh, I'm curious about, you know, a lot of things. You want to see how Mayfield plays out in Carolina. You want to see how you know the Cleveland mess plays out, and then you get to to week eleven, and that's that's wild. Uh, we I think the 49ers situation is really interesting yeah. because you know you're going to give the the keys to the Ferrari to Lance. Don't crash it into the fence, but the other guy, you know these the the this is the the student driver, and now the real you know. the instructor is going to be around there to take the wheel if you have to take the wheel. And that team is a really good team. The Rams are obviously a good, I think you know, the Rams, assuming that, you know, Stafford is Stafford and Stafford has no limitations. uh, I, I think, I think Sean McVay is an amazing figure. I think Sean's a unicorn. I mean, he's 36 years old. He's still the youngest coach in the league still, he has sent four guys off his tree to head coaching positions. Think about that. Name a coach in the league right now, maybe Andy Reid, I guess, whose guys have come and gone. But he right. I mean I mean look look at the guy Sean that has sent in there. Taylor goes to a Super Bowl. We don't know about O'Connell yet in the, in Minnesota. Uh, Staley's gonna be one of the better coaches in the league. You know, he's he did a couple of crazy things. Which, you know, the, anal- the the analytics people thought he did the right thing, but whatever. You know, could have gotten to the playoffs last year, but then And I think uh, he he is – I really never quite met a guy like him who – and I, I've gotten to know him very well personally, too, because he lives in L.A. And, and you know, we've had some uh, dinners together. And his brain is is off the charts, not yeah. just in football in every he assesses things he sees things and I know every time I have dinner with him I go back home and I say to my wife I said how can a guy that young be that smart so and you know he almost there was a moment in time where he could have stepped away
2: right I was gonna make there was an outstanding really um there was an outstanding feature it was very long a couple of maybe like a month or two ago on McVay I was going to try to look up who I thought it was Kevin Clark it might not have been I think it was ESPN who did it I want to get Mm -hmm. the 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 author right but it was an outstanding feature on McVeigh, and they talked about him turning down the 20 million from Amazon and all this about what kind of guy he is and the wedding and you know it was it's a must-read feature on McVeigh. I'll try to figure out who wrote it um before we wrap but it was good let me ask you I want to go back to Brady just one second I don't I mean I'm not a football player who am I I don't think his 11-day absence is that big of a deal in terms of what's going to happen on the field, wins and losses for the season. What do you what do you make of that?
3: Oh, I'm with you 100%. I mean, seriously, this this guy won't miss a beat. He's going to be what he was, whether he spent those 11 days in camp or didn't. Um, you know, in today's world, everybody wants to know, you know, where was he? What was happening? You know, or is he fighting with Giselle Masked Singer? What? Yeah, I mean, it's like crazy stuff. And then the rumors begin to float and fly around and, and who knows what happened? Uh, Tom, Tom will Tom will be what Tom would have been with those eleven days or not? Right. And Tom is, I mean, they're talking about McVeigh as a unicorn. I mean, what, what do you say about Tom? How do you do that at that age? How do you do that? And I mean, the fact, you know, I thought I had done his last game ever, the the Tampa Bay Rams game. Where he leads them back from a what a twenty seven right. to three deficit, and then the Rams pull it out at, at the end, but. He's back, and of course, um, he's must see TV. There's no question about that.
2: Yeah. Now, I'm torn because I, I love watching him play, but I want to see how he does as a broadcaster. I'm very curious to say, I mean, and I'm sure you are, as a legendary broadcaster yourself, I'm sure there's some intrigue there to see how Tom does in the booth.
3: I think he'll do better than a lot of people realize. You know, I've read some uh, col- columns or comments from people saying, well, you know, Tom is too structured and he's too concerned about his image, blah, 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 blah. The Tom I know will become immersed in, in this job. If, if Tom does this uh, at, at whatever point, Tom is not going to phone it in. Tom is going to want to be great. I don't see. I, I you know I've I've had a chance to play some golf with Tom, and he is he is a, a student beyond comprehension. And I watched him take a couple of lessons, and he wants to know everything about you know every, is the right elbow at a twenty seven degree angle to the left hmm. hip. I mean. That he's that immersive, so I don't see Tom doing anything but working his ass off if and when he goes into broadcasting.
2: I'm I've, I feel you on that, I agree 100%. The author, by the way, the McVeigh feature, it's ESPN, it wasn't Kevin Clark of the Ring, of my bad. Seth Wickersham, it's a great feature yeah. from uh, early <laughs> August. If anyone didn't see it, last one on the football, you have a Packers game uh, on the schedule. Uh, one of the Thursday nights, I believe you have a Green we Bay do. game, right? Will you Tennessee. and Kirk, you and Kirk, any plans to do some ayahuasca to prepare for the game so you can be on the same page as as Aaron Rodgers?
3: Uh, I'm thinking about <laughs> heading over to Aaron's house earlier in the week and figuring out what the hell this thing is, right? <laughs>
2: I, it gives you it gives you more self love that was what he said
3: I, 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 but we get them like week 11 or 12 so this this thing is going to play out in different forms by that point so it's not as if you know we have to start week 1 and get into this thing which is a story in and of itself but <laughs> i'll tell you what though <laughs> aaron is in terms of the players we meet with you never come away Empty. You always come away thinking. Now, granted, a lot of people, he, he's off putting to a lot of people because of stuff that they go, oh, what does that really mean? But, but Aaron, you know, Aaron's got a, a great brain. I don't care what you think about what he thinks, right. but I mean, the brain works. He really gets right. it. And you can't play at his level, too, without really having right. a, a great brain and an initiative, the physical skills and all of that. But every meeting we have with Aaron is um, elucidating, informative. Um, and fun in a way. So he's one of those guys, you know, sometimes you go into a meeting with guys and you go, oh, geez, I can't wait to get out of here. Goodbye. Thanks. Thanks very much. Not with Rogers. Yeah. Never. All
2: right. Well, maybe, you know, in the off season, you go to Costa Rica with him or wherever it was and do a little trip. <laughs> no, that's Brady. I, Brady goes to I, Costa Rica. Oh, that was, oh yeah, that was, yeah. Well, he we went want to South about.
3: America, didn't he? he? Was someplace in uh, Colombia or Brazil? He's, he's working got, hard.
2: He's working hard. To, I know. For that home. <laughs> <life>. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, let me ask you that since we're mentioning it, it would, you know I, that's a really dicey subject do you feel like when you, if, if, you had a Patri- if you had a Patriots if you had a Bucks game this week do you mention rumblings about him and Giselle do you stay away from that because it's so personal I think that's a tough one for you guys to navigate because it's only been stuff we've seen in the post so I don't know you know how you handle that
3: how I handle it is I have to know it's true I have to know it's true otherwise i'm not i'm doing a disservice to him i'm doing a disservice to the audience and frankly myself and my reputation right. because if you start throwing crap out there and you're not sure of it that's the the, the best way to ruin your reputation get them pissed off at you as you know right. and have the audience go what so no i think yeah. you i would handle it in terms of it's well known Tom missed 11 days not quite sure and he, well, what. And what would happen is in the meeting with Tommy, you would go. Here's what he said.
2: Right. Here's right, what he right. said Right. You'd Where'd have you the know? meeting do? on Saturday, yeah. Then
3: you'd have it. You'd have it on the record. Yeah. And, and it, it, as long as it's on the record, fine. If you don't know a thousand percent, don't go there. I mean, that's, that's that's been my mantra for for years.
2: Yeah. um Before we wrap, I appreciate the time. I have to ask, I started this by a, a, a introing you saying you were part of the greatest live TV prank call of all time. Everyone knows it was the O.J. Simpson car chase. The Howard Stern caller calls up and you come on, less than anyone think, totally farcical. Howard took sure. the summer off. He came back on Tuesday. Were you able to listen at all? Not
3: yet. I mean, I have it on demand, obviously. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get to it at some point uh, yeah. today or tomorrow. Uh, I talked
2: about this last week with Matthew Berry, um, who's a huge Howard fan. You know, no no one has a better schedule than Howard.
3: Nobody, but you know what? You can't uh, you 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 can't envy him for that because he when he works, I mean, I am fascinated not only by Howard's content. but you you and I are gigantic fans, I'll drive along and I I never cease to you know to laugh, you know, twenty times in a thirty minute car ride. The fact that he's been able to do this for almost 40 years is astonishing. Yes. Nobody can do this for 40 years. Nobody. And he does it. And then Robin's been fantastic and Baba Bowie and Fred and and that whole group just works so seamlessly together. And I mean, the fact that Howard can make so much out of nothing, just come on the air. You know, he sounds like he doesn't want to be there. The stream of consciousness. It's just he's he's. The one off of one offs, as far as
2: I'm concerned yeah and, Tuesday's and, and show and was the, Tuesday's show was great because he talked about the passing of his dad over the summer
3: oh yeah,
2: so that was a that was the majority of ben, the show and and oh Howard spoke about him like only Howard Kent, so you should absolutely uh check that out when you get a chance oh
3: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Did, did he imitate his dad did, oh did yeah they, they played the he old clips. Ben.
2: He, yeah yeah I, I think the best line he had was um, he was talking about his dad's last days when, his, you know, his dad wasn't well and, yeah. and then finally passes. And how stead. said he, he, you know, when he died, he did what he did his whole life. Ignore me. So it was, uh, exactly. it, it was vintage Howard. So, and can I tell you what I absolutely love about you talking about the show, which as a sermon, you rattled off why you love the show. And you said, Howard, Robin, Fred, you didn't say Gary. You said Baba Bowie. Baba Bowie, of course. That's a true Howard fan.
3: That's how the prank call ended, right? right? And Baba Bowie to you all. As if, you know, uh, Jennings had no idea, Peter Jennings at that point, what was what. And that, of course, was, I I knew what this was. I thought, actually, I thought this was uh, Captain Jenks and not Maury from Brooklyn, who turned out to be the prankster. But, you know, Baba Bowie to you all was was the all-time classic. And then, you know, coming back on the back end and trying to make sure that people knew this was a a prank call. But I loved Howard so much. And I'm sitting there on the set and you got, you know, 30, 40 million people watching this thing. And I'm thinking, hmm, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are pissed off that Howard had somebody put. Put up to this on such a serious situation with a double murder and the and guy sitting in the car and what's going to happen next so i wanted to be, i had to be protective of howard right right right. so i didn't right. want i didn't even mention his name a certain radio talk show host you know uh, there was a fr- code phrase indigenous it. so i'm parsing words all over the place less farcical the whole thing i'm, I'm working i'm working all the edges so that howard is not getting mad at me on the right. air because i knew this would be played forever Right, of course, it it
2: has been, and and it has been. I, I, I post that in my column at least like three times a year. It's just the build up, everything about it. And and I will say this, this: I know you're not on Twitter, but you know, one of the big themes I always talk about is like. What would happen if this happened during Twitter? And the number one moment for me is always the O.J. car chase. That's to me the number. That if if you say what what event could you have where Twitter would be around, it would be the O.J. car chase while well, well, the Knicks were playing the Rockets. That's what the people. That's what everyone forgets about.
3: Yeah, the World Series earthquake would be there too. You know. Yeah, yeah. In, in those years, nobody knew what the hell was that. You know, I'm, I'm, I did that game. I'm in the sta- nobody in the stadium knew what happened. Yeah. There was no there was no pipeline to the outside
2: world at that point. Right, right. Who was the the, who was your sh- partner the, for that game?
3: Jim Palmer and Tim That's McCarver. Who, yeah. Loved working the one of my all-time favorite, you know, trio. My it, actually my favorite trio. Uh, because those guys were just tremendous. I mean, three men booths are, or three people booths are difficult, but those guys I I love both of them to this day. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic guys.
2: Al, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. We cannot wait to watch you on Amazon Prime. First game is Thursday, September fifteenth. Chargers at Chiefs with Kirk Herbstreet and a billion people on the Amazon pregame show. That's been my one <laughs> of my themes over the summer. Every day Amazon hired more people, so that's good for for people who need jobs.
3: By the way, before we go, I, yeah. I, that's a, I like that group. I watched that pregame show from Houston. Right. Uh, I mean, Ryan
2: Fitzpatrick will be a star.
3: He, he, he'll be a star. Andrew Whitworth is going to be Andrew, you know, smart. He's the adult, not not the adult in the room necessarily, but everything he serious. says is, is smart. Yeah. Richard yeah. Sherman has a point of view. Carissa yeah. Thompson is a terrific host, great host, um, yep. a great. She's terrific, and uh, you know, Tony Gonzalez comes with his chops, yeah. and uh, you know, Taylor Rooks is going to do a lot of interviews. Michael Smith is there. It's. Um, an eclectic
2: group. It's a nice ensemble cast. It's a big I cast. Like it a lot. Big cast. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, good luck yeah. with everything. Like I said, we look forward. And you got a great game to kick it off, Chargers Chiefs. That's uh, total on Thank that one do. should be about 55 and a half, 56, maybe. <laughs> well, be there with be Square. It. Hey, <laughs> we, Jimmy, we
3: will. Thank I'll you. I'll leave Al. you with this. And baba yes. buoy to you all. <laughs> Thank you, Al.
4: Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
5: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer.
2: All right, joining me now, as he does every single week, for our Train of Thoughts segment from WFAN Radio New York, SNY-TV in New York, my buddy Sal Akata. Sal, how are you?
6: Um, not as well as you. As I know, this is like heaven for you with week one upon us.
2: Week one is upon us. But why are you not? <laughs> what, you, you love the NFL. Why are you not?
6: No, I mean, I'm all right. It's just with the baseball in New York and then with the work schedule, it's, you know, obviously this is a busy time of year. It's exciting, no question about it. But I'm still in baseball mode with the Mets and the Yankees before football. So and then once this starts, obviously, Thursday into Sunday, it's just going to be beautiful chaos, but chaos nonetheless.
2: You can handle both sports at the same time. You've done it your whole life. No, the Mets
6: are never in the playoffs. What do you mean?
2: That's true. That's true. I love this time of year. Can I tell you what I have been so into for two weeks and have watched it every single day for hours and hours every day? Is the U.S. Open? Really? Yeah. I always watch the U.S. Open, but I've been extra into it this year.
6: I watched the Serena match Friday. Yeah, when when she lost.
2: Yeah, when she lost. Set all most watched tennis match ever on ESPN. Was that Friday night Serena loss? Yeah. Um, but I'm into it. And I love this with the you a little tennis during the day, baseball at night. Now you mix in the football. You're betting on it. Of course. <laughs> I had a, Tiafu today. That's why I'm all pumped up.
6: No, I don't even but spe- know. But
2: speaking of betting and football, let me start with this because I, I tweeted about this on Saturday, but I just need to get this out of my system. They legalized sports betting in New York in January of this year, so that was when we first started here in New York to be able to use all the sites: FanDuel, Caesars, DraftKings, BetMGM, etc. So this is the first time I've been using those sites for college football. I, the NFL, it was the playoffs, but there were so few games. You know, in the playoffs, you have a, you know a couple of games a day. But this is the first time legalized the betting sites, the apps. With the full slate. Those sites suck. Oh, I hate every one of them with a burning passion. Give me my illegal offshore site any day of the week. Okay. Number one, half the games don't have team totals. I am a team total addict. You know that over 20 points for the Giants over, you know, they don't have that. They have them on some games. They don't have them on all games for college football. Okay. So that's a problem. Uh, on most of those, on Caesars you can. The other sites you can't. You can't buy points. I always buy points. I will never bet a game minus three and a half, p- minus uh, plus six and a half. Minus, I always buy the half point. Wow. Can't can't buy points on FanDuel and Draft, DraftKings. So that's a demerit. And then I also love to bet three team teasers for ten points. These sites, the most you can do is two teams seven points. Get the f out of here. Give me yeah, the exactly. offshore sites. It it's amateur hour with these legalized sites. Funny, I, I'm not. I had,
6: I'm not as well versed in this as you. As I it, as this has become more and more popular, I've kind of backed off a little bit. But my experience. You've with it You cleaned up your been, act. Yeah, I know. My experience, well, also my you know, I became a father. There's a lot of different things there. It wasn't just this. Yeah. But uh, and for me, like I said, it was unhealthy. But my experience with it, I thought it was more uh, options. Than the illegal offshore one that I was using regularly.
2: Not for me. This Mm -hmm. is completely, totally less options. The offshore sites have everything. You could bet ten team teasers, eight team teasers, this many. I mean, and the fact that you can't buy points.
6: I never bought points anyway. I always hated doing that. And the one thing that I hated about the account that I used is that it was a max four team parlay. I'd rather do like you said, 18 teas or 16 parlay or whatever. I want to go back to the days where I picked up the white card in high school or at the bar, no, circle no, the no. numbers. That's what I want to go back to.
2: No, I, I'm i going back to the offshore sites. If I get arrested, <laughs> I get arrested. I don't care. Um, it wouldn't be the I was, first time. I, I was going to say something about that, but I moved on. Um, <laughs> the uh, I just... No team totals on half the college football games ruined my Saturday. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous.
6: Yeah. Did you bet? Um, you must have bet like an animal come Saturday morning. noon to what? N- 1 a.m.?
2: I, I I go light week one. I, you got to see, even in the NFL, like, I'll probably just bet two or three games this week. You go light. We're going to pick We're going to give you a best bet at some point during this, but... For the, we're going to give you a best bet every week. We'll make some kind of bet, maybe a steak dinner or something like that. Whoever has the best record or, I don't know, bring a listener. Who knows? We'll figure something out. But we'll give you a best bet every week and we'll make it a contest. But I had to get that off my chest about the legalized sites. Now, speaking of being a father, I listened to you on WFAN a little bit this week. Why are you bringing a one-year-old to a Met game?
6: Well, this was a family outing. I, I tell you, I keep learning the hard way. I don't think I can
2: do it anymore. It's just. thats just, it's, it, I'm not saying this to be amusing, but I would say one-year-olds do not belong at baseball games. You can't keep them occupied for four hours. So
6: here's how it started. Last year, we thought it was a good idea. Now, remember, I'm a rookie parent, so I'm learning as we go here. Last year, we had the good idea that, oh, we'll take her to her first Met game we'll go with a bunch of people so we did it wasn't bad because she was so young that she wasn't crying or whatever and the one thing we thought with the big group was oh let's do this again next year with the bigger group they'll be a year older so this was kind of pre-planned where we had 23 people on the party deck at city field however again learning the hard way as a rookie parent you know the, there's a big difference between six months and 16 months Amazing. and and yeah, unfortunately, it became my wife's problem, which in turn becomes my problem. And it was not a pleasant experience. The one common thing all the fathers said to each other, this is great. We need to do this without the kids. Well, next
2: time. again, first of all, to bring a six month old to a game, even if you had a good experience is absurd because they don't know what's going on that like you can you get that's her first game. But she has no idea. It's her first game. Right. And, and but I, I got but I get what you're saying there. At six months they stay in the uh, little what is it called yeah, there? The, yeah, the car in the seat car thing seat and or yeah, it. and they don't move a muscle. Right. One and a half sure. year old, you got to keep them occupied and entertained. How are you doing that when you're trying to watch a Met game at City Field?
6: I was not. My wife was. She had you to need take to, her up to the piazza level. It was a. It was. You disaster.
2: need to consult me on these things. I would have said to you that you can. You're not enjoying your day with a one year old at a Met game
6: correct it was more work than actual work it was not a smart decision
2: how flustered were you when you got home
6: from that particular day it yeah. was not great uh, but it was it was And then all what right. happened
2: a, a home run came at you and you you uh, ducked like a big wuss
6: yeah so I, I now we're on the party deck which is basically the home run wall in left field at city field i had my daughter in my arms and i see the ball coming off the bat directly at me and then i lost it like it's hard to it's a different perspective on a game when you're out in left field and i lost it in the clouds or the lights or whatever so i turned to protect my daughter and myself and i was embracing to get hit directly on the back it felt fell short
2: and they caught it on i saw the video i mean you look like a big Freddy cat
6: (laughs) and you can't see my daughter in my arms that's the problem
2: yeah i think you're making that part up because i rewound it 10 <laughs> times looking for the baby and i didn't see her i didn't see her yeah, at well, all that, I said,
6: that, that means i did a good job protecting her if you couldn't see her
2: you could look at it that way i guess where did the ball end up who got the ball like where did it end Mark, up you know?
6: Marcana's glove he caught it on the warning track i think
2: oh so was not even in the stands
6: correct it did not hit the, oh it did my not god
2: what hit. an embarrassing moment you ducked <laughs> and the ball wasn't even in the stands I gotta post this video. I got. I'll put it. I gotta post this video in the. In, oh, I'll put it in of thoughts or something. That's amazing. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, was, um, and I
6: knew it instantly that oh, this is going to be a problem for me. This is yeah. an embarrassment. But anyway,
2: I'm trying to think. Do I want to bring up the fact that you bailed on our yearly college football pool this year?
6: All right. So let me explain why. I genuinely love you and the pool, and it is camaraderie and it is fun. However, just for years, it has become like work to get the picks in i'm not into college football the same way that i was when we first started i check out on saturday so i can't even really enjoy it so it becomes work on friday on top of every friggin' thing else that i have to do with the overnights and tv and being at all that stuff it's just one less thing and as a matter of fact i don't think i'm doing my nfl pick and pool either this year i'm cutting everything loose except for the fantasy teams that i committed to which also was a mistake
2: how many fantasy leagues are you going to be in this year
6: I said I'm not going to do any. I ended up with three. You believe that?
2: No, that's another problem. Disaster. That is – that is – that's terrible. You cannot Disaster. be in three fantasy leagues. Well, get you... So so one of them is
6: Sny. I'm partnered with somebody, so it's not that bad. The other was one that I wanted to win because I've been getting my brains beat in the last couple of years. So I said, this is the last year. If I don't win this league, I'm out. And then the other, I was asked by my buddy, Brian Myers, wrestler. You know, he's friends with Matt Cardona, all that stuff. I was like, "Ah, what the hell? We'll do that league just for fun, for camaraderie, for his wrestling school. So that's how I end up in three. All
2: right. You need to limit your camaraderie. I want to do a Twitter poll. What was Sal's worst move? (laughs) <laughs> Doing three fantasy football leagues or bringing a one and a half year old to City Field. That's want. If, if anyone's listening, let us know what the worst move was. I need yeah. to know what's the worst. What's the worst move there?
6: Here's what I'm learning. I never learn. I never learn. I said no, I you it out. You know what? I blame the pandemic. I was out of fantasy completely. The pandemic got me back in because I was so starved, and now I've been in ever since. Again. I could
2: see that. I, I'm telling you, I got rid of fantasy years ago. I got rid of all the pools. I, I do a college football pool, and I wager on Sundays. I don't need anything else. keeps me more than satisfied. I do like doing um, – I would do an underdog pool where you root for the you know the underdog to win outright, and you get the point. I think that's always a solid pool to do. Um, even the knockout pool – I never enjoyed knockout pools. I know they're huge. They're monstrous. I, I don't know. I never really got my juices falling, I must it, say. It
6: becomes – I think it could be fun, but ultimately – odds are you're not winning so you're pissing away the money that's number one number two it becomes work when you have I legitimately last several years have a note on my desk that I have to write down to make sure oh not only like pay the money this and that but every week oh get my survivor pick in get my underdog pick in get the college football picks in do my weekly sheet set my fantasy line I mean it's like Sunday morning I'm, I'm stressed out on top of the bets and whatever games you're watching for fun
2: it's a lot of work and, and it's a lot of work. And then there you are doing three fantasy football leagues.
6: Uh, it's a stupid move by me. I, I'm trying to, the one that I'm partners with, I want nothing to do with after this draft that we got tonight. I'm going to try to back out of that one and, and let the other guy run it.
4: Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
5: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer.
2: I got I to gotta change gears here. We're doing something we don't really do often on the pod, but this involves the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Recently, in the Train of Thoughts column, I ran a giveaway where I gave away, it was three sets of five pairs of Tom Brady's underwear via the Brady brand company. Nice. And it was a big hit. And now we're going to do it on the podcast. I want to reward the listeners of the podcast. So the nice, fine folks at Brady Brand are providing five lucky SI Media Podcast listeners. You have to be in the United States. It's the one caveat. We did the... You'll like this. We did the, the contest in Train of Thoughts. Three winners. One was from Canada. Okay, not a big deal. And one was in Poland, which it kind of freaks me out that someone in Poland is reading my column. But... Uh that yeah. that's good reach there, but you know, there's some shipping issues. So you have to be in the United States to win this contest. So the nice folks at Brady brand, five lucky listeners will get the newest seamless performer knit shirt that Brady uh, has been wearing the last several weeks off the field. And you get more Brady brand underwear. So, and you can check all that out. bradybrand.com. The NFL season is here what better way to celebrate than by looking like the greatest quarterback of all time. So you get the Brady brand shirt, the Brady brand underwear. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it very simple. Go to Apple, leave a five-star review and let me know in your review, how I can get in touch with you, either a Twitter name or an email. And if we get more than five, I'll, I'll throw the names in a hat and pick out five. If we get just five, then those five people win. And, The key though is to put a Twitter and email so I can get in touch with you because I gotta get your size, get your address. So all you gotta do is leave a five star review on Apple, tell me how to contact you, and you get the uh, we'll do a little pick it out of a hat, and we'll say uh, we'll give people till next week. We'll give people you know till next next time we tape, and you get the five five winners shirt from the Brady Brand and uh, the underwear from Brady Brand, all on BradyBrand.com. So. That's how we're going to do this.
6: Love it. Have you tried these out yet or what?
2: They sent me the underwear and they're actually really good. I nice. spared everyone the, 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 you know, me wearing them and posting it on Instagram. No one <laughs> needs to see that. We, you know, so.
6: Hey, but if they, I win our picks contest, I want to see that picture of you posted on Instagram. You and in the Brady underwear.
2: Well, then the I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think of something for you then. <laughs> we could we could figure something out. Let me see. What would I, what would I pick? For, what would, what would you hate? I'm trying to think what, what i would, what like what would embarrass you i can't
6: oh, oh god haven't, haven't i been embarrassed yeah. enough in my life we need, we need uh, you that. you
2: have to you have to maybe maybe we'll uh, maybe you'd have to send like a nice tweet to roger clemens i no, know you hate him god, you hate yeah, him more than no. any athlete alive <laughs> did you ever get no a response uh, did you ever get a dm response from mike piazza
6: no no that was it now that's it it's over it's fine
2: People can check last week's podcast. Hey, I got something.
6: I got something for you that was even worse. Yeah, yeah. I texted Burkhardt after he threw out the first pitch at Citi Field the other day. Right. Nothing back.
2: Wow. Well, I will say that. And
6: I go back, for the record, I go back with Kevin Burkhardt before he was at Sny. This is back to our fan days in, like, 2004.
2: So did you text him, like... About coming on your radio show? No,
6: no. It was during... He threw out the first pitch. It was like a yeah, big deal. Yeah. He was in the broadcast booth on SMY. And I, I knew that he's probably getting bombarded with text. But it, it made me think of something that we used to do back in the fan newsroom. That when I saw him throw the first pitch. So I sent him a little note. Just, hey, nice job on the first pitch. That form looked familiar. Blah, blah, blah. Now, I didn't say who it was from. I assumed he had my number. But maybe he, he changed the phone or doesn't have my number anymore. But still... Burkhardt and I were boys, and now he's big time and me. All
2: right, so he there's a couple.
6: The Bowl, he forgets about little old Sal.
2: There's a couple of things there. I thought maybe you texted him to come on the radio show, given that the NFL season started, new number one broadcast at Fox. So if you were just texting him a little friendly text, then bad job by Burkhardt not responding. Now you say now, when was the last time you texted him? Like he, you'd think maybe he doesn't have the number in there.
6: I mean, maybe a year ago, maybe you know a year and a half. I don't text him all the time. Bro.
2: Well, I'll, I'll I'll tweet that out as part of the tease for this, and maybe he'll respond to you. I should yeah. text him to see if he writes back to me. Then oh, yeah, we'll
6: that'll piss me off even more. Yeah, I know he text you back.
2: I know. I just saw him. He did the he did the uh, he did a bunch of. I think what podcast? He, I saw him on Shine. He did Shine's podcast this week, so he clearly got back to Adam Shine. And something uh,
6: had a, so I, he must have not had my number or known who it is. Something happened because there's no way KB. He, I mean, come yeah. on, we go way back.
2: Marshan wrote a huge feature on him. I think this week. I saw. Yeah, so he could, so he can legitimately be busy. He could be big timing you. He can maybe not have the number.
6: I don't think he's big timing me, but I was a little surprised that he did not get back to me. I will.
2: Right. I'll put it. We'll 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 have an answer next week.
6: Point is, that's worse than Piazza for me.
2: Well, yes and no. I mean, Piazza has no excuse to not write you to not DM you back. with Burkhart. Like we don't even
6: know each other, like you
2: know. Yeah, but Burkhardt either could not, either he doesn't have your number, or you know he probably got a million texts maybe that day and right. he just got lost in the shuffle. all
6: uh, right right, I think that's probably what happened.
2: But I will, when I tweet this out on Thursday, I'll say, "Did Kevin Burkhardt snub Salikata? and We'll see what happens. <laughs> We'll see what happens. All right. So we have a lot. So we got the Brady brand giveaway, five-star review on Apple. Uh, Let me know how to get in touch with you on the review. And then we'll uh, next week, we'll see if uh, Sal hears from Mike Piazza, or Kevin Burkhardt. (laughs) Oh, and we got to do a best bet. I almost forgot. So I looked over. I got one best bet. Every week, we're not going to do picks. Everyone does picks and this and the lines change. We'll give you one best bet every week. I know I have one. Do you have one?
6: I do not, not yet. Go do look right
2: anything? now. Go look. Oh, Go on your phone and look. It's all and okay, I can do it on my
6: phone. Yeah,
2: yeah. This is my best bet. I'll give you mine. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings plus 2 at home against the Packers. Here's my reasoning. Mm-hmm. I think there were uh, clearly there were major major issues between Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer last year. Zimmer is gone now. I think the combination of Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook is lethal. Vikings are at home. And I just think the Packers, I don't think they're going to have a bad season at all. I think, you know, Rodgers is so good. He'll get them the wins that they need. But you don't lose Devonte Adams and have it not be a big deal. It's going to hurt them a little bit. I think Rodgers and the receivers are will be fine, but I think they're gonna need a little time to get on the same page, build some chemistry. So I think a home dog, I would love it at plus three. Again, bringing it back to earlier, if these legalized sites were not pieces of crap, I would buy it to plus three, but instead you have to bet it plus two on these sites. On offshore, you can bet it to plus three. But for our purposes here for the pool, the line I saw right now, it's Vikings plus two at home. That is my best bet of the week. I will say one thing, too. I, I, I toyed with Buffalo. Did you see um, – I'm giving you more time to look. Did you see last night they had like seven or eight analysts from the NFL Network pick a Super Bowl champion and all eight picked the Bills? If I was what, a Bills fan, that would make on? me – Make me very nervous.
6: Yeah. Right, what could it, go wrong? Everybody in the world's on Buffalo. Those poor people of Buffalo yeah. don't want those expectations. It's
2: crazy. It, Every it's, You couldn't. Not one person was not on. Not to get to the Super To win the Super Bowl. They all picked the Bills.
6: Yeah, I would not. T- you have a, a cold time, by the way. I forgot to look at that There was no one. line.
2: There was no line when I saw it. Yeah, the so same thing on,
6: on a bunch of these lines. All right. I'm going to go home dog as well. I'll stick at home in New York. I'm not a Jets fan, but I will be rooting for them. They're getting seven points. I know it's Joe Flacco, but maybe Flacco against his former team. The Jets have some talent on defense. The Jets should be able to run the ball. Brees Hall, I like him. I love Elijah Mitchell. I think he could be a a major weapon for this team. I'm not going to predict the Jets are going to be a playoff team, but they could be on the verge of that. They are going to be much more respectable. Seven points at home against the Ravens team, who I don't think is that good. I'm going to take the Jets. I think they can win that game outright, and I love the fact that they're getting a touchdown at home, even with Joe Flacco at
2: quarterback. The, I have a line here, Colts minus seven at Texans. Do you want to stick with the Jets or go with the I'll Colts? I'll
6: stick with the Jets. I'm okay. high on the Colts yeah. overall this year, but I'd rather go with the, the home dog if yeah. they get set. The
2: Jets have talent on offense. There's no doubt. We'll, so we'll see. Uh, it's all about what Flacco has in the tank. So we'll all see right, what so happens. I'm on the Jets.
6: You're on the Vikings. Both yeah. home dogs. And,
2: yeah, both home dogs. Good way to start it. I like that. All right, Sal. Try to enjoy week one. Enjoy the Mets down the stretch. Don't take anyone to a Mets game that's under Yeah, six years old, maybe?
6: Yeah, that's, that's, no, that's over. And I'd by the way, six. we got to set up when you start coming over for... i got to work the kinks out week one here. Once I figure that out, then we'll see where we could uh, get set up moving forward.
2: I'm looking... Yeah. I'm, uh, I will be there to watch the NFL. NFL is here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we will see you next week. Thanks, Sal. All right. See you later. All right. All right. My thanks to Al Michaels for the excellent conversation. My thanks to Sal for the fun train of thoughts as always. Brady Brand giveaway. We'll be checking those Apple reviews, so make sure you do the job there. If you missed any recent episodes of the SI Media Podcast, check out the archives. Matthew Berry last week on leaving ESPN for NBC. Roman Reigns and Andy Staples on college football two weeks ago. Tim Burke, a.k.a. Bubba Prague. Big part of the Manti Teo documentary on Netflix, which was excellent three weeks ago. So check those out. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. All right. Enjoy the opening week of the NFL season. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care.